morning and welcome to Atheist Talk and KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We appreciate all of you for tuning into the show. Today is Sunday, April 1st, 2018. I'm Scott Lohman. Today with me are Hertzie Hertz, David Pacheco, and Jordan Bright. Today we're going to be talking about unicorns. More on that. Be sure to stay tuned for the American Atheist Viewpoint in the fourth segment of the hour. So much more on that. We welcome listener interaction during our live show with your phone calls to 952-946-6205 or your emails to radio at mnatheist.org. The views of the interviewers and guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of Minnesota Atheists. Apologetic arguments for God are many and varied. We atheists and humanists have heard them all and in many and the many variations. Today, in place of God, we're going to use unicorns. Do the arguments work for mythological animals, or are they just as awful as the ones used for God? Stay tuned. You can find links and program archives on Minnesota Atheists' uh, website at minnesotaatheists.org. Ertzie, David, and Jordan, welcome. The Atheist Talk. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, Scott. All right. So, yes, we are going to be specific, blah, specifically talking about the mythological creature of unicorns, as in the horse with a horn on its head. There Hold are on other... a second. The mythological creature? You're already uh, presupposing hey, hey, the answer. Okay, okay. We're, we haven't started See, yet, the, Dave. We haven't started, started Dave. Yet. Oh, dears. <laughs> okay, we are talking about the, the creature unicorns, as in the horse with a horn on its head, and not any other definitions, just so that we can make sure we get that off the bat. <laughs> I had somebody question me about that at one point, and I was like, no, 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 the horse, the horse, we're going with the horse. Now, David, yeah. you volunteered to uh, be the pro side of unicorns. I would take that position any day of the week. Excellent. And Jordan, you uh, answered my, my call and came in for the con. <laughs> sitting sit at the bar at 6 o'clock last night, I get a... I get a message, hey, what are you doing at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning? I need an anti-unicorn person. Whereas I have been preparing for this debate for weeks. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was bibliographies, just, uh, I, I went to the local universities to talk with the greatest minds in Minnesota. <laughs> On the other side, I did a few Google searches. Good. Well, this, will be, this will be fun then. This will be great. Yes, and, and unfortunately, you guys can't see what I'm wearing, but I am wearing a fabulous unicorn hoodie, so I'm totally not yes. biased on this on any way, shape, or form. All right. So let let us start. We're going to do three minutes, David, for you to give some opening arguments. Okay. Uh, All right. So unicorns, I mean, we all know what they are. We may need to define the term at some point to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Horse horse with a horn horn on its head. uh, Horse with a horn on its head. But, you know, the nature of that horn, is there anything anything magical about the horn? There's all kinds of other questions that that could arise there. But I believe the existence of unicorns is pretty self-evident and obvious and really requires no no further proof than what's in front of our senses. Um, Narwhals are unicorn sea lions, really. Rhinos. They are unicorn hippos. So, therefore, it stands to reason that most, if not potentially all mammals, have a unicorn equivalent. We don't know whether unicorn variants exist of every species because all we have found so far are mammals, but it opens the possibility of unicorn equivalents of insects, of fish, birds. By the way, swordfish, very good candidates for for unicorn fish. I posit that hammerhead sharks are actually just a unicorn variant. So... So there's there's already there are already unicorns that exist of various other species, and so why are we denying the possibility of a unicorn horse? I mean, it stands to reason that if there have been this has evolved in multiple species across time, there's no reason it couldn't have evolved in the horse, and therefore there's no reason to say it it's it's not. It, it, we have in fact more proof to say it probably did at some point in evolutionary history. Um, another point 
children have a natural sense of unicorns. They're born with it. And there's no evolutionary advantage to be born with a sense of a creature that doesn't exist. It would be a waste of energy. It would be a waste of evolutionary... There's no reason it would be selected for uh, in an evolutionary sense. You tell a, a small child a story about unicorns, they will be filled with a sense of wonder and comfort and awe about these amazing creatures. They want to they read sto more stories. They want to hear more stories. They want to buy a, a plush dolls in the shape of unicorns. They want t-shirts and pajamas. Everything, the possible, everything possible with a unicorn theme. And so that that innate and intensely strong desire for something is impossible to have evolved if that something didn't exist in the first place. And my third point is, have you ever in the course of a random day suddenly smelled something really pleasant? Cookies or flowers or baked bread or a nice sweet baby powder with no obvious source for that smell? That is because there is a unicorn nearby. Unicorns naturally smell pleasant and remind us of pleasant spells, which actually they use as a relaxation defense against predators. If you are a human looking for something to eat, maybe some delicious unicorn meat, and instead you are overwhelmed by the smell of delicious baking bread, you will be distracted and start thinking about where you can acquire wheat and rye and whatever the heck they make pumpernickel out of. That is the only proof you need. It's the proof of our senses that unicorns are among us. And the fact that we haven't seen them means nothing more than the, f the same thing that we didn't see coelacanths for a very, very long time. Until when? Until we did. Thank you. Well, that was almost perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, there's my timer. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> I'm yeah, so sorry. No, this I'm going to follow this up. <laughs> I'm, so. I'm so sorry. This was so last minute. <laughs> so, okay. Um, one thing that I did... Um, Think of, uh, you know, you, when you smell something pleasant, um, means a unicorn is drawn. Are we assuming that all unicorns, if they exist, are they all nice? Just because something something smells wait, pleasant. Wait, oh, sorry. Opening right arguments. Oh, is this opening argument? Yep, right? opening okay. arguments. Yep. Oh, it's just no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's your opening argument. Okay. okay. Yep. I, I will. Yep. Oh, Questions will come afterwards. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Keep that timer going. I'm not going to have a lot here. Um, <laughs> now, for as far as. We are going with, you know, I'm I'm supposed to be going with, you know, they do not exist. And I strongly believe they do not exist. It, it's the same tier as, you know, leprechauns, St. Patrick's Day. You know, yeah, they're they're nice to think about. It's like, yeah, maybe they're out there somewhere. But, you know, I, I hate to throw this out there, but we haven't seen one yet. So, um, we haven't seen them yet. And, I mean... Maybe if somebody has seen them before, are they are they just mistaken for something else? You know, we see a lot of it. People say, you know, you know, how many people around the world are saying I've seen Bigfoot? Um, you know, sightings all over the country. Uh, they've seen Bigfoot. Um, as far as unicorns go, it, maybe it's just a horse with a, I don't know, maybe an ice cream cone taped to its head or something. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. But I mean, it, it kind of see. But I, I do kind of agree with you. It's like the whole um, with narwhals. I didn't think of that right away. It's basically a seal with a big horn on its head. But people think of unicorns as these majestic, you know, perfect, they're just these perfectly white um, creatures that they have a perfectly spiral horn on their head. And I, it just seems like it's, a, it's like the perfect animal to... Of everything that I've thought of, there is no such thing as like a perfect animal or a perfect creation. So, and that's kind of what it seems like they're made out to be. There are these, um, there are these flawless creatures. I kind of have a hard time getting behind that. Um, 
and let's let's say that they did exist as far as them being all magical and their pleasant stuff has anybody ever seen the movie cabin in the woods <laughs> yes yes, yes. <laughs> that unicorn awesome. spears the guy right through Absolutely. the stomach that is not a nice unicorn <laughs> although i when i did see it i was expecting it to be like a darker one no it's it's your typical white horse it looks perfect so it's like okay well maybe i don't know maybe it, it had the I didn't see the red eyes on it that was meant it was evil or something, but you know, I don't know. That that's my kind of my uh, counter argument, I guess. Do you, do you mind if I butt in for a moment? <laughs> Go right ahead. Yes. Also, uh, narwhals. I believe that is a tooth that is coming it out is. of their head, is not, that a, a, not a horn. It's, it's a an tooth. extended canine. It's, tooth. it's an extended canine. It grows through their skull and everything. Interesting. It's very very painful. I'm guessing. Wow. Um, and then you know. Just remember, we, we haven't had any actual bones of unicorns. There we go. All right. Sorry. <laughs> only only because poor Jordan was brought in here like last minute. I'm really bad about this. All right. That's fine. This is, this can be a communal conversation, Scott. If you have if you have any uh, uh, any input on the existence or or non-existence, by all means, we'd love to hear from you too. We awesome. Can, yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, actually, Jordan, since you started with some of the question stuff, why don't you go ahead and start asking uh, David some questions? Okay. Um, yeah, what I was going to start out with was, um, you, you, you mentioned that like, if there's a pleasant spell around, there's a unicorn, or are we assuming that all unicorns are these pleasant creatures? Well, do we assume that all skunks are unpleasant creatures and, and nasty and horrible? Well, we don't. They smell horrible or they, they emit a particular yeah. smell as a defensive mechanism. But, exactly, but yes. again, that's a defensive mechanism, right? That's, 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 that's right. a way to repel predators now it means absolutely nothing uh with regards to the nature of the skunk okay the 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 skunk uh, as depicted in uh in popular culture is actually quite a pleasant romantic for some reason french um animal (laughs) yes and uh and and therefore we cannot assume that simply because there is a a negative association with the smell that the skunk is a negative creature nor can we assume that because there's a pleasant association with the smell of the unicorn that the unicorn is a pleasant creature it is entirely an evolutionary defensive mechanism okay that's true um but we i say we um we know that skunks they're not you know they can be both good or stinky or not but we're saying that unicorns are i, I guess we has anybody there's no moral implication to the right to, to the right, smell right but i don't think anybody's ever witnessed um a unicorn's defense mechanism well because they're invisible so i mean you haven't you can't witness it I mean, you can't witness it in the sense that you that you can't see it but you've witnessed it in the sense that you have smelled a pleasant smell with no obvious source okay and that is witnessing i mean ju- witnessing doesn't necessarily mean you have to see it you just have True. to perceive it through your senses in okay some but do we know that it's it, it do we know that's for sure a unicorn though well i'm 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 saying it is i'm t- i'm asking you to disprove it if if you say it's not i mean i'm making the statement that it is okay yeah i i can't say that it is or it isn't does a unicorn's fart smell? Um, well, see, that's something I was going to get question. into now. But um, a very good question. I see. see and why did you hold that thought? Because we're coming up on our Speaking first Speaking of holding things. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> We've lost control already. Yeah, please stay Yay. with us for the break. You're listening to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTMS, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back 
Atheist Talk on AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Scott Lohman. If you have a comment or a question, please call us at 952-946-6205 or send an email to radio at mnatheist.org. And now back to Atheist Talk and our very fascinating debate about unicorns. All right, Jordan, you you had a thought that you were going to try and finish about unicorn farts. <laughs> uh, something along that line. Um, what I was going to ask is like, um, let's say that, okay, can we assume that, uh, I don't know if we can assume. Um, assume nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yes, with, with the unicorn farts, let's, I'm going to go one step further with unicorns. Unicorns going to the bathroom or something. Now. I think we can say poop. <laughs> can we? Okay. Well, I, Eric, can we say poop? Yes. We can refer yeah, that's, to it. That's, yeah. that's okay. Okay. We have the okay. Reg- okay. Regardless. That's Okay. Are we going to start with this now? Yep. Okay. Anyway. Um. Unicorn poop, it w- would it show up on the ground at all? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Um, well, so the concept of the unicorn digestive system as a whole um, is, uh, is, a, is one about which much speculation exists. Um, because you're, you're right, we really have nothing that we have been able to point to and say this is definitively uh, a unicorn poop. Now, the fact that a unicorn smells like cookies and uh, and baking bread and, and, and baby powder, uh, that's not necessarily a product of the digestive system, right? So that's more... Uh, uh, Natural aroma? It's it's more of a musk, I would say. Okay. So it's it's endocrinal as opposed to digestive, right? So, so um, it, it's something exuded from the animal rather than processed, shall we say. And we don't really know what... Uh, a unicorn eats. We we understand that that since it's the horse variant, right? As the narwhal is the is the uh, sea lion variant, um, that it very possibly has a similar um, uh, 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 diet. But but we have no way to know that for sure. It, okay. it could be a ruminant. It could have multiple stomachs. For all we know, it could be closer to the cow uh, uh, and and its digestive system. So so we don't really know. Now we have found all kinds of stuff on the ground that we can't explain. I have found things uh, as the snow melts here in Minnesota that I cannot explain and I would prefer not to. <laughs> and um, the fact that we might actually see horse poop on the ground and assume, oh, that looks like horse poop, therefore it's horse poop. We're just making that assumption, right? It, it, we didn't see, if we didn't see that horse poop, it could potentially be, have been an invisible unicorn. And you have to remember that if it's an invisible unicorn, well, you're not going to see just floating poop walking right. through the forest, right? The, 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 uh, the digestive system of the unicorn is, by extension, invisible, and anything traveling through it. Otherwise, you just see like a floating uh, a digestive system out in the wild. Okay, I just got one question. How often do you see random horse poop? <laughs> oh, way too often. <laughs> Well, see, Way you know, too uh, constantly. And now, see, I'm thinking with unicorn poop, since they're such magical creatures, I'm thinking like you know, it's on the ground, it's all shiny and glittery too. No, you, but you're making you see like a trail of glitter. Or you're something. making you're making assumptions about the nature of, of the. And you made you said something earlier about these majestic white creatures and uh, and you know they're magical and everything else. That's kind of the platonic ideal of a unicorn. Yeah, that's how that's generally how they're thought of. Well, yes, but but that's how they're represented yeah, okay, in popular yes. culture and things yes. like that. But in the same way. Pepe Le Pew is not the platonic ideal of a skunk, right? The cultural representations of unicorns are not necessarily the real thing. Again, they are, uh, uh, they are merely the shadows on the wall uh, that we, with our limited uh, uh, observation, powers of observation, are, uh, are imbuing these, these creatures with. 
All right, I'm going to stop you guys right there. And then, Dave, do you want to ask some questions for Jordan? Yeah, actually. So, um, is there anything in your personal history that uh, that makes you unicorn-averse? I mean, do you have some sort of traumatic event in your childhood uh, uh, specifically relating to unicorn or unicorn variants? Could be to a narwhal, could be to a hammerhead shark. We have already established those as unicorn variants. Can, you, your, can you think of anything? Was your father killed by a narwhal? Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> My father's still alive, actually. Maybe this is why Cabin so. in the Woods was uh, was was so you know traumatic for you. Yeah, because well, it, was, it wasn't traumatic. I just remember seeing this like that. That unicorn speared the guy right through his stomach. I was like, yeah. that's not a good unicorn right there. That's right. So, but, um, and it didn't get any blood on it either, except for its horn, which I found very surprising. <laughs> um, anyway, no, no traumatic experiences, not that I can think of. That you can remember. Yeah, that I can remember. I did grow up in a um, rural Wisconsin, though, a well, large farming community, so there are cows, horses, but nothing that I can Not, not the unicorn's natural habitat. Right. What, what is the unicorn's natural habitat? Is, um, upper northeast, mostly. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, my area. Yeah, upper northeast, uh, uh, some parts of eastern Canada. Oh, oh, that, that. Yeah. I thought you said northeast Minneapolis. No, no, sorry. No, no, northeast uh, United States. They're urban animals. Yeah. There's, there are some... <laughs> In Seattle, um, as uh, well, in, in the outskirts, some of the suburbs of Seattle. Okay, as far as we know, I mean, we again, it's it's hard to determine. It's hard to determine because we can't like we we can't follow their scat, right? We talked about this. <laughs> That's true. Earlier, yes. we we can't determine the exact perimeters of their natural habitat. Okay. So so there's so there's nothing that you and again I'll 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 state there's nothing that you remember. Nothing that I remember that uh, that was traumatic. In my childhood, that led me to not like unicorns or not hmm, interesting. Believe in interesting, them. yes, because that's my that's my hypothesis that people who, who don't believe in unicorn it's because they have experienced some traumatic event in their history and they may be repressing it. I'm just in yeah, I'm just in complete denial. Of you uh, yeah. uh, well, yeah. you said that I I didn't say that. That was that came naturally. It did from you. Yep. And and I I would all I'm saying is I would suggest that you explore that a little bit more. Have you found anybody who actually has any any traumatic experience oh, with unicorns? Well, <laughs> to, not to mention the Kevin in the Woods guy who got <laughs> impaled by it, right? Obviously, that I would consider that a very traumatic experience. Yeah. I don't think he I don't think he remembers much of anything right now. <laughs> Probably not. But Kevin in the Woods is a documentary of sorts, and so therefore. You know, it's it. We assume that this happened. Maybe not. To, maybe it was a recreation, right? That, that, obviously, obviously, that was an actor. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm. Yeah, I, I understand the difference here between reality and uh, uh, and fantasy. That was an actor. That was not a real quote unquote. Well, it may have been a real unicorn, just an actor unicorn. Yeah, except for that, like you said, that the unicorns are invisible. Can they turn visible? Well, if you cover them in paint, yes. I mean, <laughs> if you you splatter paint on a, on a unicorn, they become visible. That's that's the nature of anything that is invisible by by, by itself. I was gonna say, Beastmaster already has a thing as to why that is a bad idea. <laughs> yes. Well, so so we have that a lot, right? We have we have in um uh, in pop culture. Uh, in fact, science is already starting to develop these capabilities of uh, invisibility. Right, we already have camouflage. We've had that for a while. Now we have the stealth bombers and things like that, all uh, uh, to avoid uh, uh, detection. Um, we are talking about, you know, with Harry Potter, the the, the invisibility blankets, the cloak of what? What, what is that invisibility called? Invisibility cloak. Invisibility cloak. <laughs> That's a weird name for a cloak that provides invisibility. Um, so we already have these things, and we already have science working on these things, and and we often look to nature to uh, to find solutions to these problems, and. The problem is that we cannot see the unicorn, and so it's hard for us to look at it and determine how it gets its invisibility. That is the thing that has held us back in our invisibility uh, pursuits. So, so what about 
in evidence as far as like you know leftovers from you. I'm sorry, Jared. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> go, you go so right like, ahead. What about leftovers? Like you know, hair. You, I mean, we talked about you know poop, but you know, hair samples, bones. They would look a like horn. a horse's. Except for wouldn't there be a horn like right there? Well, not necessarily. We, we're making an assumption about what the what the horn is made out of, right? Just because the uh, the Wait. narwhal is a canine tooth doesn't necessarily mean that the unicorn horn is made of tooth. There may be much more uh, biodegradable material. Could be cardboard. Now, could be paper mache. Would, would these bones be invisible too, though? Um, would they be invisible? They may. Uh, they may be. They may be, and that may be why we haven't found them. Or they may just, just decay. Be, we could be stepping on them. It right may now. be a biological process, oh. like uh, like bioluminescence, and yeah. in which case, when the animal dies, uh, it becomes visible again. That's entirely possible. And we'll continue this wonderful debate when we get back. You're listening to Atheist Talk on AM nine fifty KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Unicorns, are you for or are you against? Since they're as real as ghosts, so who cares? However, apologetic arguments for God are all over the place, and today we're talking about those arguments and applying them to unicorns. Are any of you guys convinced? Well, stay tuned, we got one segment left. Welcome back to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. If you have a question or a comment, please call us at 952-946-6205 or email at radio at mnatheist.org. I'm Scott Lohman. Atheist Talks is produced with funding from Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant. Join us this morning um, at Cucumbers for breakfast afterwards or brunch. If you'd like to advertise on this program, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. This radio program is put together by dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of listeners. If you're able to help with a donation, please consider doing so at our radio funds page. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. We also thank Steve Shies for becoming a new Patreon supporter. Our music is composed by member Brent Michael Davids and is used with permission. Check the schedule for book clubs, discussion groups, pub crawls, movie nights, and other gatherings throughout the year, as well as sign up for meetups, listen to podcasts of previous programs, and subscribe to Atheist Weekly email. Become a member, all at minnesotaatheist.org. And now back to our final segment. We actually have a call. We do. All right. Well, he's working on getting the caller online, so oh, yes. um, we'll see. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. We were we were talking about um, um, remains. Remains, yes. We were talking about remains. Do they would they would they show up um, if the unicorn were to die? Um, w- potentially. Again, I think you refer okay. to bioluminescence as a as a biological uh, marker. Okay. Oh, he's so close. Uh, let's see. Um, for some reason, we have, we have uh, Jeff from Burnsville who has an anti-unicorn comment. What? <gasps> yep. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. What is your uh, what's your comment, Jeff? I'm uh, I'm very curious to hear this. Well, thank you for uh, taking taking my question. First of all, I want to update your natural history. A narwhal is not related to seals. Okay, and you should turn your radio down in the background. <laughs> it, it'll it'll help you uh, uh it'll help you listen because that's why there's a delay. Kind of whale, a porpoise, and its uh, horn does not grow through its skull; it goes through its lip. Anyway. I wanted to uh, caution the uh, anti-unicorn proponent here that you're missing the obvious question that mythical creatures, of which this unicorn is one, are cultural. Not every culture believes in unicorns. Here and there we have cultures that believe in unicorns, but other cultures believe in different mythical creatures. Leprechauns were mentioned, for instance, dragons and so forth. 
So I think that this particular difficulty with the unicorn argument needs to be uh, examined. Why just some cultures, why not all cultures, if uh, unicorns really exist? I think, I think that's a great point, but, but I would also suggest that... Um, it would be very hard for me living uh, 2,000 years ago uh, in the Americas to believe that ostriches and emus existed. Uh, and it's not, it has nothing to do really with whether they existed or not. It just, just wasn't exposed to them. And I think that, yes, we do have cultures that believe in unicorns. And in fact, going back hundreds and hundreds of years, I mean, the, the unicorns were mentioned in the Bible. So, so there are cultures that do believe that do have a history of them and therefore we can assume that they were exposed to them therefore we can kind of make some assumptions about where the ha natural habitat of unicorns uh, have been throughout history based on the cultures that have been able to represent them in their in their pop culture but we don't really have any evidence of what kind of environment unicorns like they seem to be uh, reported from many different environments oh absolutely scattered sort of piecemeal around the globe. So, for instance, not all jungle cultures report unicorns. Not all forest cultures report unicorns. Some. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, the anti-unicorn argument would be that it depends on how you were raised. I mean, that's, in effect, the definition of culture. That's very true. Some but, people are raised believing in them, and some, pe and some cultures elsewhere don't believe in them. It has I, more to do with parents not to do with the existence of unicorns. I would turn that around a little bit and say, yes, it is based on the culture and based on the habitats that you are in proximity to. And we can, therefore, by scientific analysis, determine the natural habitats of unicorns by implication or by proxy, because we can say, well, these particular cultures are common in, let's say, forest-adjacent plants or in uh, um, uh, fjords. I don't know if fjords are particularly unicorn uh, popular or averse, uh, but but we can make some understand. We can reach some understanding scientifically by reverse engineering this question and by saying, well, where are the cultures that do have a history of uh, of unicorn lore, uh, and from by implication, understanding ah, these are the these are the habitats that these uh, uh, animals prefer. I'm actually going to jump in a little quick bit with a kind of a question here um, for you, Dave. So the unicorns seem to be more of a forest creature, but then earlier you were saying that their diet is probably more like a horse's, which does not go very well together because the forest doesn't have a lot of room for wheat or, or hay and things like that. No, I, I was actually just saying that the that people assume that they are um, uh, that they are closely related to horses because they kind of look like horses. In popular culture, we don't necessarily know uh, that that's what they were. I mean, it's so it's, it, in terms of uh, scientific evidence, there was uh, in 2016 or so there was uh, uh, an animal called the Elasmotherian sibirica, which was um, uh, which was in Siberia discovered remains uh, that was a closer to a rhino, um, uh, but had uh, a, a much more prominent horn. And it, this thing was like six feet tall. I mean, it was huge. Uh, but so we have scientific proof of these things um, occurring. Uh, I, think lost, I think we lost Jeff. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, thank I'm you sorry. for calling. Thanks, Jeff. Um, but, you know, I think the point we need to make here is that we already know of the existence, and I apologize for my, my, my sea lion uh, uh, narwhal uh, relationship. I mean, that's, that's, that's obviously just throwing out similarities, physical similarities. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, species similarities. Um, but you, we know that normals exist. We know that swordfish exist. We know that uh, um, uh, that rhinos exist. And, and so if you want to disprove unicorns, first you have to disprove rhinos. 
and you have to disprove See, I would narwhals. Argue, I would argue with that because a rhino is a species in and of itself, as is a narwhal is a, is a relative of the whale, but it's still like its own species of whale. And the thing with this is we also have so much evidence that they exist. We have things like we have um, carcasses. We've have, you know, we've seen them, you know, boaters have seen them before. Um, as far as rhinos, I mean, like, granted, actually, now they're almost extinct, which has its own sadnesses there. Um, you know, but we have all this evidence, and yet we have no physical evidence. And I know we were talking about, oh, maybe it goes away and such, but that doesn't really follow the natural laws of, of biology that we have, which is, you know, the bones and such stick around for a while. Uh, but again, they may be confused, you know, just as we confused the, the, the concept of a brontosaurus and an allosaurus for a very long time. We, we thought they were different species, and they actually weren't. And we've done the opposite, too. We've found... Um, uh, bones of species, especially young species, that we thought were the same because they demonstrate very similar physical uh, characteristics when they're young and only diverge when they become adults. So it's entirely possible we've been doing the same thing, that we've been finding remains of horses or rhinos or something in between those two and assuming, oh, that's a horse or it's a, well, it's a look, it's a horse with a birth defect. Uh, it's, a, it's a rhino that for some reason, um, uh, you know, had this protrusion of bone. Um, I'm just trying to, to imagine like a rhino and a horse well, as, yeah. as related. Stranger things have happened. I don't know where, but probably. <laughs> some sort of hybrid maybe? Yeah. Some sort of mad experiment somewhere. I mean, we, we don't know. And it, 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 it's, you know, like, you know, there's the mule, which is a, a donkey and yeah. a horse, yeah. you know, procreating and such. But the, the thing is, with a lot of those things that have that, that breeding, um, a lot of them are sterile. Yes. And so, unicorns could be sterile, too. I don't even know. But here's another question. Are, you, are horses native to Africa? Uh, no, they're South Asia, aren't they? If yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, that's another question. Because I, I don't... Are there rhinos in South Asia? Yes. There's a South Asian rhino. There is a South Asian rhino. Yeah. So, it, it could it could have happened. I mean, these could be sterile um, hybrids. I mean, the, the, the unicorn could be the mule of the rhino and the uh, horse. Or the narwhal, for all we know. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, we don't Somehow know. the narwhal got in there, too. Well, the narwhal, you oh know. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is just getting... This is getting weird. So... <laughs> it's just so, so. I guess one of the points I wanted to make earlier is that, from a biological perspective, uh, I mean, we we know that evolution tries to find the best fit for survivability and uh, uh, and continuance of the genetic code. But we also know that that in order to do that, some of the uh, uh, the mutations that are selected for um, tend to be things that 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 help that happen. I here's what I would suggest as a as prey. Because unicorns, I believe, tended to be quite small. But as prey, invisibility and undetectability is actually something that is a really good evolutionary tactic. Again, though, the, my thing is, like, we've never seen one. And I know you say they keep saying they have invisibility, but it's one of those that's like, you would think another species would look at invisibility as a possibility. Sure, but we have a lot of species that, that demonstrate unique uh, uh, characters, a chameleon, uh, in the family of chameleons. I mean, uh, that's that's a very very specific to a very small subspecies or set of subspecies uh, of lizards that have that capability of uh, of of you know undetectability. I mean, we have unique characteristics for each species, and all I'm saying is this invisibility uh, is just happens to be one that we associate with unicorns. And by the way. We don't know what other animals might have evolved in visibility because, by definition, we can't see them. Yeah, which also begs the question. It's like, so we, if we have all these animals that might have invisibility and we don't have any of their remains and they exude these all these pleasant scents, 
that we're pretty sure that, that definitely have to be unicorns. I mean, it's getting kind of preposterous here. It's it's entirely possible that there might be an invisible skunk that is is the one that has the pleasant smell. I mean, we you know we don't know. We don't know. You're right. I, I I will take that point. We don't necessarily know that all of these pleasant smells come from invisible unicorns. I'm positing that at least some of them are because if you accept the 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 concept of a multiverse. If you accept the possibility of infinite universes, then you accept the possibility that at least one universe exists in which unicorns exist. Therefore, this, this whole discussion is, do unicorns exist? We've already accepted the fact that we do, that they do. All we're deciding is, which universe is it? And is it this one? Well, obviously, I don't think it's this one. I don't think it's, the, uh, I think it's this one. <laughs> which, which makes me highly disappointed because I totally should have been born a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to prove that it wasn't this one, though. Quick question, though. Why are unicorns... Mostly associated with rainbows, uh, probably because of the smell. Okay, probably because of the smell. It, I, it's, it's the whole the whole pleasant aroma. They want to give off like a pleasant, pleasant yeah, a pleasant sight. Also, yeah, yeah. You, okay. we, we associate it with pleasant senses. I mean, it, it could be maybe maybe uh, someday your your fingers feel like they've been touching felt, and, and there's no felt to be seen. That <laughs> might be you might have touched a unicorn. Interesting. So okay. there we go. Those those are apologetic arguments for you <laughs> for unicorns. And as you can see, we had a lot of fun with that, and we did traps on lots of arguments that are used by actual apologists, even though they were refined for unicorns. And I didn't even bring up the ontological argument in favor of unicorns, which I said I was going to. Yep, and we all snickered at that because that was just too much fun. And it's just as applicable to unicorns (laughs) as it is to God, by the way, so it's the same thing. So, well, well, maybe we'll just have to do this again. We'll do this again, absolutely. We can find another mythological... We'll have a whole hour to ontological... uh, uh, Discussions of and Jordan, I will make sure that if you do this, that you will have much more time. To I need a little bit more prep time than twelve <laughs> hours. A lot of fun. Well, <laughs> Hertzie, Jordan, and David, thank you very much. Thank you. Want to thank you all for tuning into Atheist Talk. This show depends on your generous support of our members, sponsors, and donors. Join us again next Sunday. Please consider supporting the show through the donation link at macs.org. The podcast of the show will be in the radio page later today. Stay tuned for American Atheist Viewpoint. This has been Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.